people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast Special Cinequest Edition. And now, here's your host, Derek McCaw. So, this is Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are sitting in the offices of Cinequest. Uh, so, not in the Brett Cave, but still... Uh, so- Acting as announcer because our announcer uh, could uh, could not be here, and uh, Nate Costa, we miss you, but that's that's all right. And acting as announcer as well as podcast producer, I am Rick Brett Snyder, and our special guest today, Cinequest programming director. <laughs> that's where you talk, <laughs> Mike Raybell. Well, you know what it is we didn't we didn't point a finger. I, or I, I didn't know what you wanted me to do. You, you know, you, you, sorry, you, my bad. You looked to me straight in the eye, like looking straight into me. I just froze. This is. <laughs> It was like the first time you... you It's sort of like hypnotizing a bison. It was like the first time you interviewed me, and you just look over during the interview, like halfway through, and said, you're one of us. That's right. Well, the first time I interviewed you, we did not actually know you well. I don't think we knew each other at all. At all, no. And now... And literally (laughs) during that, you said, you're one of us. And we said, we'll come back. This is, in fact, Cinequest 25. Is this the third or fourth year? This is our third year of doing, uh, doing the Cinequest coverage. Excellent. All right. So before we get deep into conversation, I want to remind you that you probably found this on iTunes. If you did not, uh, you can find us on iTunes. Rate us, review us, and definitely tell your friends and subscribe. You can find us on the Stitcher app, and you can also find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, which some of you probably did. If you uh, like, uh, are interested in any of the things we talk about, well, you can't really buy most of the movies we're about to talk about today, but if there's anything else we do, you can find it on the handy-dandy... The work of some of the artists. Right. Handy-dandy Amazon link uh, that is on the site if you cannot find it at your local small business. Uh, And, of course, if you just want to help keep Fanboy Planet alive so that we can be here for Cinequest 26, you can donate on the PayPal link. And now let's get to it. We are here with my Grable, and we are talking about Cinequest 25, 25th anniversary, 25 years. That's a lot. That is. That's a quarter of a century. How I does mean, it feel? Well, <laughs> I wasn't here that long, so. <clears throat> uh, but uh, You're too young to be here that long. I'm, I'm way too young. I'm like, eight, I know. I'm like 18. How could you even? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually really, really exciting because uh, I, in particular, have been here actually 20 years. Um, doing the programming work. Uh, I volunteered a little bit before that, and you know I always encourage people to volunteer. Uh, but uh, yeah, prior to that, I uh, graduated from school and came in here in tw- about twenty years ago and started working on programming. And for me, this is you know when you say twenty five years, it's kind of unreal at the same time as being exciting. I don't. It's it, it's sort of surreal when somebody says, "Oh, big anniversary," but for me, it's exciting because I think a it's one of the programs I'm most excited about we've ever done uh, B 
it's really feels that finally there's a major embracing of the festival as a institution in San Jose. And that's great. And that's, you know, that's something that it, you know, there's years where you struggle to get that because, uh, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, that people don't recognize elements of it, but what I, what I will say is that you go through years where people just don't understand what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we do more than a film festival. We do a year-round youth program uh, that we go into uh, uh, schools and uh, community centers around the globe and teach youth how to essentially use their voice to create films, as well as uh, uh, do a distribution. Uh, we do uh, starting a Maverick studio where we're helping to produce stuff very soon. And so this, Ooh, yeah. Are you really able to talk about that today? Not yet. Okay, because <clears throat> you've you dropped that little hint to me a couple of times, and I've gone, mm-hmm, yeah. really? Let's talk. I know, but we can't talk. So when you can, we'll talk about. We that. will. In fact, I'll invite you to talk. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Really, that's nice. you actually get a personal invitation to talk about that once we can. But essentially, and then we do the festival. I mean, mm-hmm. and uh, that's something that you know, have it's our it's our. I don't want to say flagship event because I don't like doing that because we do so much. Uh, but it is something that, you know, we're very proud of that we've been doing for so long. And uh, this year we have record numbers of premieres, you know, big guests, uh, lots and lots to do. We talked about the soirees um, prior to this uh, recording. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there's parties every day. There's films. There's so much to happening and we're going to be doing some celebratory stuff during the festival of course too which I'm not talking about right now because there's still some announcements to be made still uh, we have we have a couple of uh, big confirmations coming through very soon so I don't want to I can't talk about it though because I know I hate when you do that to me uh, but that's alright that's alright so but I will I- say this one of them will be as long as he confirms, will be very, very relatable to this. And uh, I, then we have to come back in. That's what it is. You just want us so to the come audience. Back. Yeah. Our, hey, to uh, we're just, wait, we're just waiting audience. on. We're just waiting on his schedule. His schedule. It's all about his schedule. Stanley? No, um, I'm not allowed to. You can't say even ask. I will say this. It's related to a sci-fi genre. Oh. I, I I don't know. Sci-fi is a genre. I'm confused. Uh, all right, it's a meant subgenre. Oh, Robo porn. Okay. Um, okay. It, it is the <laughs> top writer robo robo porn. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say it, but but his schedule's full. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, that was horrible of us all, but it'll probably still remain. Anyway, uh, so it, well, that's interesting. You say though, it feels like em- embraced. So let's let, let's. Let's talk about the the awards you can talk about because we have some some big ones at at, at twenty five years. I'm glad to hear that you feel like the like the city is embracing it, um, and it isn't just movies, right? It's parties. It's it's the, the community community. There's the dining experience. There's those top chef things, and and we yeah, we we like to call it the the Cinequest family. Um, it's it's because what it is is uh, it's it's a culture that we. Make thrive downtown during the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, we show lots and lots of movies, but we do parties. We connect with people. We have a lounge that we connect with people. We do a lot that helps artists, audiences, and students and youth to basically mm-hmm. come together. So that way, 
there's a way that they can form a community, form a culture, form a family uh, that allows them to basically experience something very, very different for the two weeks that we happen. Mm -hmm. And let's up front, uh, the dates are? February 24th through March 8th, 2015. All right. Yes. In case anybody is listening to this in 2017, reaching back into the <laughs> Just past. Just want to make sure. No, no, it's true. No, it happens. People find us and then they power through and then they go, oh, it's too late. And they then they show it. up and we're not there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then they get mad at you. It happens. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> we're like the cousin in the family that, you know, there was some falling out a few years ago and occasionally shows up at reunions. Uh, so... At any rate, let us focus on the cornerstone of the festival, of Cinequest, that is the festival itself. And so highlights this year, of course, are the special awards you give. So let's talk about some of the big ones that you can uh, talk about. Well, obviously, um, well, not obviously, I haven't talked about it yet, but uh, one of the biggest ones is Rosario Dawson. And she will be here for the festival uh, for an evening with Rosario Dawson on February 28th. That's right. Um, let me, let me start. Uh, and this is the Maverick, Maverick Spirit, Spirit Award. Spirit right. Award. So it's 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 intriguing that you use the word Maverick for this. And can you talk a little bit about? Yeah, well, Maverick is. Because you were a surfer, right? Was, I was a surfer. <laughs> I, I mean, and and I branded cattle early on <laughs> in my life. No, anyway, um, Maverick. Uh, we usually try to define people, not define people, uh, pe- find people who define themselves uh, in a way that's kind of uh, they do their own thing, personal. I mean, they still work and they still do Hollywood work, but they also step outside of that to do adventurous work. I mean... So they step outside and we, then we put them in a box and we call them back. <laughs> hey. No, but they, but they... You can't really say that they are specific to this. They, they aren't... I don't want to say names. They aren't this guy who comes in and he acts and he does the one thing over and over again all the time. These are the people who step outside of that. They do big work they do adventures work they do independent work and they also put a personal statement into that too so in the case of rosario we uh, chose her for a number of reasons actually not because of her just because of her talent but also because of her thriving uh work in uh nonprofits, work with uh activism work as a somebody who again steps outside of that she'll go and do you know a a big Hollywood film. I'm drawing a blank on which one I could say of hers right now. Then she'll go and do. Since no, since he was no. That, I was say, that's oh, okay. but I'll yeah. say uh, here, Men in Black Two. Men in Black Two. She will go and do that, and then she'll take Sin City. She'll take the uh, the new uh, Chris Rock film, Take Five, and she'll do these independent projects that step outside of that. And then she goes and does work with twenty or thirty different organizations that she wants to help young women she wants to help them see their future and actually be active and create right. their own future and it's really inspirational for that and so for me that's the kind of people we like to have um you know every person we've picked as an award winner is different though i mean we've had jackie chan we've had you know sir ian mckellen we've had i mean they've all been very different in scope on harrison ford a few and years harrison ago ford. michael keaton's been uh, <clears throat> sir ben kingsley yeah i think we have to say sir right yeah. we do we do and um and neil neil gaiman neil yeah was a maverick last year jj abrams you know mm-hmm. throughout throughout the you know the fanboy stuff <laughs> yeah, no absolutely i mean that's, that's the point out for the people listening here that's the yeah. long history of and often people <clears throat> that even if you don't know them necessarily that way 
you may eventually, because as Michael Keaton's role in Birdman proved, you're nobody unless you decided are you in a Marvel movie or a DC. Because Rosario Dawson is about to be, well, we don't know what role she is. It's Electra on the uh, <laughs> net, net, Netflix Daredevil. Which we ju- they just released the trailer this morning. Did you just dub ran. something in live? Uh, yeah, Electra. yeah, I, I do a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> he has a second voice in his head. Sometimes it seeps out. <clears throat> uh, only two, uh, as George Bernard I, I, Shaw I, I, said. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, so um, yeah, a, a, you, so you will discuss. Rosario Dawson is. They, they seem to be people that they basically have. If I can be this odd about it, they have lives. Outside of being a career, yeah, you know that they're that even if they weren't in Hollywood, they'd be fascinating people, which is weird to say because Hollywood people aren't are often not actually all that fascinating. But I mean that they're very well rounded, and that's just a small part of who they are. Yeah, again, I won't name names, but there are plenty of boring people in Hollywood too. I won't name those names though. No, well, because it's too boring. We'll put the audience. I don't have a second voice telling me to name those names either. Sorry, (laughs) no other voice telling me to say that. No, I, yeah, I, I, I won't. So, uh, so she's in what film will she be? Will you be showing a film? I, I, or actually, we're not showing a film with her. Uh, oh. we, we are actually just doing a conversation with her. Oh. Uh, so it'll be an hour long conversation at the California Theater. Excellent, and that is Friday the twenty. No, 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 Saturday the twenty eighth. Saturday the twenty eighth. February twenty eighth, seven thirty. Two thousand fifteen. 2015. Yes. All right. So there's a conversation with Rosario Dawson, which is exciting. She gets the Maverick Spirit <clears throat> Award. Uh, we have uh, filmmaker John Bourne, one of my favorites, though very esoteric, I think. Yes. Uh, but great, great choice. Uh, John Borman. John Borman. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, you know, director of Excalibur, Deliverance, uh, Zardoz. And we're showing his new, well, he actually, and Hope and Glory, of course, which was nominated for Academy Award in the 80s. Um, and we're showing his new one, Queen and Country, which is, I would not say a continuation of Hope and Glory, but it actually is his follow-up to that. My Here's kind of like my memories of my youth and how it developed. Mm-hmm. And the lead character actually is the same character, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a it's still its own isolated story. Well, and there's a lot of di- – so yeah. much distance between who I can't <laughs> imagine that there are people that are going to go, ah, oh, the franchise continues. <laughs> or, you know. And it's not like 7-Up. It's not like Michael Apted's documentary no, series. No, no. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. John, John, John Borman's uh, 82. I don't think there's a whole long series that's going to happen. <laughs> if there's no trilogy, this will not count. <laughs> so. But, no, it's, it's a great film. It's lots of humor, romance. Um, and uh, some very poignant uh, political statements, too, not outright. I mean, this, the full story is really more about the man and his uh, love and uh, the friendships that he has. That's the main story. Um, but there are some slight political stuff. I mean, it takes place during, you know, Korean War. So. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, 50s or, or 60s. Uh, so 50s, 50s it's Korean 50s, War, yeah. yeah. And so there is a little bit of that. Well, I'm sorry. Am I? Yeah, it is the Korean War. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> Step back again. It's one of the wars. How about that? But, you know, that's a part of the narrative that we don't tell very often. You think of the Korean War, it's, well, it's MASH. It's the Americans involved. You don't really mm-hmm. think of the British. And so there's, I'm sure there's something interesting culturally there. There is. I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it's not a film that takes place on the war front. It's mm-hmm. a film that takes place really in an office and in his life in London. I don't remember exactly what city he's in. But um, it takes place in a major city where there's not a lot of uh, battle going on. But it, there is, there are some elements of that that are blended into it. And I won't say too much more about that. But, um, yeah, no, he's he's going to be here. 
He's going to talk about the film. We're going to do conversation with, conversation with him afterwards. Right. And you are going to be dressed as Sean Connery in Zardoz, right? Yes. Okay. I was leaving that for a spoiler. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're right. I, I, uh, no, what it is, Fanboy Planet occasional contributor Chris Garcia will walk on stage as in a oh, giant yeah, that's right. Oz they, they know Chris, and that's actually who's going to dress up. I think he's actually planning on skipping onto stage. <laughs> in that outfit. <laughs> well, he's been working out. There's some support there. <laughs> some. Some. <laughs> And if you don't know what we're talking about, really, you should watch Zardoz. Um, and then lie down with a cold compress afterwards. Very or, 70s. Or just do what I did and go to Google Images and just say Sean Connery Zardoz and then show people in the office what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I had to do. Oh, uh, lordy. All right. So, uh, so John Borman, what, what night is he? He's on February 26th, Thursday, February 26th at 730 at the California Theater. Excellent. Um, and then uh, Wild Tales with... Uh, Media Legacy Award, uh, Ann Thompson. Uh, Ann Thompson is this amazing writer who's worked for, God, just about every entertainment outlet you could think of. Entertainment Weekly, uh, New York Times, LA Times, mm-hmm. uh, IndieWire, uh, just about everybody you could think of she's worked for. And she's a major, major figure uh, in the journalism realm, film journalism realm especially. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's so, the point of the Media Legacy Awards yeah. for people to understand. It was just instituted last year, right? Yes. We did the first one last year. Harry Knowles was there, of course, which you – We you had know? a fantastic conversation yeah. with exactly. Harry Knowles. Um, Still and, available on Fanboy Planet. And so um, – And iTunes. Yeah. And iTunes. Um, and Anne's going to be here to present Wild Tales, which is this amazing Argentinian film, which, to put it mildly, is wild. I mean, that's the, the title says it all. It really mm-hmm. is something that is just a complete experience. It's – one of my favorite films of the last year, I will say that. Um, and I don't say that lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, Boyhood and Wild Tales, that's it. No. <laughs> they're, they're, but though it was one of my favorites of the last year. It's just absolutely fascinating. It's it's fun. It's wild. And uh, so she'll be here to present that on February 25th at 730 in California. Um, and then we also do a Media Legacy Award to Richard Von Buzek. Local legend, really, as a writer, yeah, he's, who's been on our show, mm-hmm. yeah, and he's been he's been doing this longer than I've been doing my job, that's for sure. Um, and uh, we he he's actually been writing about Cinequest since year one, and uh, so it's perfect. We're talking about the twenty fifth anniversary and a celebratory event. It's perfect that we have him because mm-hmm. he's been one of the few media people who's been this long with us, yeah. Um, and he's going to be showing uh, La, La Talante, which is a 1938 French film, which is absolutely stunning, amazing, uh, Jean Vigo. And um, it's going to be a really, really great night. It's on March 3rd. Yes, March 3rd at 730 at the Camera Cinemas. Camera 12 Cinemas. 2015. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. And those are our award winners so far. Mm-hmm. Until we can talk about more. Well, let's talk about opening and closing. We can we can talk a little bit about about closing night. We'll have this five to seven. Five to seven, which is a Victor Levin's uh, directorial debut. He actually executive produces Mad Men, and um, he uh, produced uh, Mad About You. So any TV series with Mad in the title, I guess. No. Mad TV. Okay. Oh, maybe mm. I didn't check. No, anyway, and so he's going to be here. To it's a romantic comedy. Uh, and he's going to be here with the lead actor in it, Anton Yelchin, who, as you know, is uh, Chekhov in the latest Star Trek 
series. Franchise, yeah. Franchise. Should be in three, yeah. Uh, yes. Let's hope so. Yes. Oh, and he's done a lot. A lot of it. He was in the Fright Night remake. Uh, True. When I go with people, when say you know, the fanboy connection is that he was in Terminator Salvation. He wasn't bad as Kyle Reese uh, in a movie itself. That I know. I don't blame actors anymore. I used to, and I go, no, it's not their fault that that movie made no sense. But uh, not always. But he's had. Quickly looks to see if I know anybody who did the film. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care. You know, they're not paying attention, uh, or maybe they are, and then maybe, it's okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they should maybe talk. They're fanboys too. Maybe we should talk. Yes, uh, but but definitely people know him as Chaga. But a lot of serious acting. Not that Star Trek isn't serious, but uh, deadly serious. But uh, a lot of serious film work as well. Uh, yeah, and 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 he he's a really great actor, and he. I mean, we have from the distributor, hundred percent confirmed he's going to be here, which is great because it's somebody who I've known and followed for a while mm-hmm. and I just like everything he has been in that I've seen mm-hmm. um, and I think also he has I've seen him in interviews and he's a really great sense of humor too about himself and the work that he does and everything else so I think that's gonna be a lot of fun that night so it'll be time with a big Q&A afterwards oh yeah and, and then they'll join us at the party and everything else because the member parties Oh, we do. Closing night has parties. And when is closing night? It's that a, would be Sunday, March eighth, two thousand fifteen. Uh, that's right. So it's a. And I was going. It's a. It's, it's a Sunday. So I just wanted to make sure. All right. Yeah. No, it's Sunday. Sunday night. And uh, so pace yourselves, at, people. And it's pace yourselves. Actually, and closing night starts at six p.m., not seven thirty that night. So. So before we go too further, and while you're on that, um, <clears throat> when people want to go to Cinequest, first off, when will tickets go on sale, and how do they get tickets? They actually already are. They started on sale on January 29th. Okay. 28th. 28th. And so they're already on sale. They're on the website at www.cinequest.org. That's www.cinequest.org. Very good. And if you – Do you have a sugar cube for him? How do you <laughs> How do you get into the parties? That's what a lot of people are confused about, though. <sighs> well, for opening closing night, we do sell – the uh, film and party ticket with it. Um, But we also have passes that we sell. And each pass has a different level, so you get different amenities for it. So if you go on the website, there actually is a uh, page that has our passes. If you click on the festival link, there's the second link should be passes and ticket information and explains everything right on that page. So when you get a pass, that's for a specific period of time? Yeah. The pass... um, the passes run for the entire length of the festival. Uh, it just depends on the level of pass, what you actually get with that. I think there's a film lover's pass, which does not include the parties, but then there's the all-access pass, which includes everything you could possibly think you can go to, including the lounge, all that stuff. Which yeah. level of pass allows a photograph with you? Oh, God, that's just – you can buy a ticket for that. <laughs> <laughs> a special separate ticket, people. Uh, In fact, you could walk on the street and say, oh, I have a <laughs> ticket, and I won't even look. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. Let me get my scanner out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and is that in the Zardo's costume? Spoiler. <laughs> Sorry. I would I would be just, honestly, I would just be as impressed if you wore, uh, say, you know, one of the suits of armor from Excalibur. There you which, go. Which, in my mind, is so shiny. Or, or even just Merlin's uh, Oh, yeah, cap. M- Merlin's skull cap. Cult, it skull depends cap. on the weather. You know, I'm depends, picturing that. That would work. Depends on the weather. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's hot outside, I'm not going to wear the, the armor. Sorry. Yeah. They did. But if it's hot outside, I mean, the Zardoz outfit could be great. It's perfect. It's perfect. Yes. It's perfect. Uh, you know, but I, I do just to flashback to people with Excalibur is, I think, the best film of uh, King, the King Arthur legend that there's been. 
Or it, it's it's the one that stays closest to the mm-hmm. the actual source material and is at the same time amazing an amazing visuals. Oh yeah, no, it's, you mean not kidding, King Arthur's Court. Uh, no, no. Okay. I've never seen that, that one. I've, I've, never seen any. I've never seen it. I just wanted to say I like Sword in the Stone. I'll be honest with it. But, I've, I've uh, never seen that one either. Really? Wow. I, never have. I know. Party. I, 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 I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling Sword you, I, I don't know all my Disney films as, as well as you do. Yeah. All right. It's a musical. But I have seen Dark Crystal. Okay, good. That's a, <laughs> that's not Disney, but. No, no. Well, it, it could technically be Arthur now. <laughs> yeah, it's neither. Uh, but that's all right. And so let us then focus. We just talked at closing night, and we've saved opening night, which you taunted I, me for like weeks. You said, there's this special announcement coming about this film. I, I know, like, I know. You can't talk about it. I'm like, you jerk. What is it? I, you know. Oh, just because I knew that was going to be one of the ones you wanted to talk about because you kept on tweeting about it. You yes. kept on posting about it. Because we – And you kept on tagging me in those posts. We feel supportive <laughs> of it. Yes. I, well, I, I – all right. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, no. But uh, so I'm like, I just wanted to let you know that I will be telling you soon right. about, about what we're doing with this film. Anyway, opening night, Bat Kid begins. The wish. The wish heard around the world, and uh, it's a fun, humorous, inspirational, and actually emotional uh, documentary about the uh, how this one boy fighting cancer. Uh, made a wish to the Make-A-Wish Foundation to be Batman for a day. And everybody knows the story, I think, right, right now. I don't think there's... If, if you don't know, you're under a rock. You've been living under a rock. Well, that's, I mean, two billion people yeah. watched at some point the video. 1.84 billion. I'm sorry, I rounded up. I, I, I can't, because that's a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, uh, but okay, yes. I'm sorry, I, that's officially almost two billion in hype terms. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, and so this is... About the how that day was created, the people involved, what they did to do it, but it also includes all these different perspectives on. Uh, uh, I don't want to give too much away. Different perspectives on how it was viewed as well, mm-hmm. but it mixes in so much into this, and it sends you one way emotionally, and then suddenly you have this part to laugh at, and then. You hear the audience laughing with you and so on and so on and so on. And it's really, really just an uh, amazing doc that uh, Dana Nachman, who actually uh, uh, she uh, has won Emmys for her work. She had a couple films in Cinequest before, Witch Hunt and Human Experiment. And uh, this is the time she co-directed those. And this is the first film she's done on her own as the primary director. Uh, but Don, who co-directed before, was a cinematographer, Kurt Kenny. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's had, I think, 10 films in Cinequest now, uh, is the editor. Um, and the artist who did the poster... Drew Struzan. Yeah. Came out of retirement, I say, quote-unquote, retirement, because he just like announced like six months ago or something that he was not going to draw a poster again. Oh, there you go. See, I don't know these words. See, you know this better than I do. So. And, then he, and then he came out of retirement. Which, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, because, one, it's a cool poster. It is. And having Drew Struzan draw the poster is... Is an incredible get. I know it made it made a lot of news when he did that, though. I know yeah. that, and and that's what's it's it's, it's great because this I, I could keep on talking about this film, but the thing is, like, I want people to see it um, instead of me telling what it's all about. Will it show more than once, at or is it just an opening night film? I mean, we, it, when does this air? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I mean, because you know, like last year, uh, there was that the, was that was my way, subtle way of saying. 
Possibly. Possibly. Because the movies we championed last year ended up getting an extra screening or two, you know, and uh, like Eternity, which, you know, I don't realize. Probably not just because we championed them. No, no, no. Uh, although, good Lord. I, I, yes, I, you, I, were, you were big the on The movie Eternity. I saw more than any other movie yes. last year, even more than Guardians of the Galaxy, was Eternity the movie. Indeed. Um, but, uh, which, by the way, there is a connection to the Super Bowl. If you've caught Cinequest, Cinequest has a connection to the Super Bowl in that somehow – I saw, I saw, oh, I saw it. <laughs> yes. Somehow Todd Lucas popped up right behind <laughs> Katy Perry. Oh, and that was him. Show. And, it, and, it, and it made... The blue face guy that's all over him is going like, yeah. that creepy blue guy? That's Todd? That's... <laughs> wow. That's Barrett, actor and, Barrett Craig. And actually somebody wrote an article about the creepy moment, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's great. Well, uh, let, let me explain that to people, though. He did post yesterday. The explanation is he had just uh, – his brother and sister-in-law were having a baby at the same time. And wow. he had just gotten off the phone before the show. And so, so he was like, in the glow. happy. So it was kind of like he was in the glow. And, you know, he is as effervescent as Todd Lucas at the top – you know, <laughs> at his happiest. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you this. He probably wasn't staring at Katy Perry. No, I know. <laughs> I know. That's the, the creepy guy. He's staring at every article. I'm like, no. No, he's not. I'll tell you right now, he wasn't staring at Katy Perry at all. <laughs> but, I mean, that was that was the reason why. But I, I love that. And uh, I didn't out him just now. <laughs> no, no. No. Uh, but it's um, – yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that we could say, ooh, it's a CineQuest connection. It was fun. Uh, it was so. funny. Yeah, I, was, I looked at his, his uh, Facebook page and saw all the stuff he was saying. So it was, it was fun. He actually, during the Super Bowl, I, I was posting stuff, and he liked something on my page about Super Bowl. I'm like, aren't you there? Yeah. <laughs> he did the same for me. I was like, I thought, ironically, he was the halftime ninja. And my favorite line is, we should not be afraid of women. <laughs> we should be afraid of ninjas. And he was the ninja. Oh, my God. It was funny. <laughs> so... Back to this year's CineQuest. Oh, yes, this year. Yes. Uh, so there may be more screenings of Bad Kid Begins. And, and I think there's also that, that wave that gets ridden is, is like four days before the launch party and the announcement of Bad Kid Begins, it was announced that Submarine, and I, I do love their uh, their new imprint, boutique imprint, Subversive, uh, yeah. is uh, – has gotten Julia Roberts attached to the narrative remake. I, how they, I can't remember how they're phrasing this. Although I think it's the right thing to do in that more yeah. people are going to watch, uh, unless it's March of the Penguins narrated by Morgan Freeman, more people are going to watch uh, a fictional remake of a documentary than the documentary itself. Possibly, I can't. I can't answer the that. The hype is pretty big on this one. It is. I mean, that's, and, the, that's the thing. It's like this is this is. Very few documentaries can break out of that. Very few. But this, I know you haven't seen it, but this one has major potential to break out of that. Hmm. Um, and because of and the that's news, wonderful because, because Dana's writer, a wonderful person. Kirk's a great, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody else is, but I mean, those are the people we know, Dana well, and Kirk. No, just those two. Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, uh, no, everybody involved in the And Batman great. is great. Yeah. The producers, the, uh, the Dawn, the cinematographer, and uh, the, her partner at her uh, company, KTF, um, but the guy who backed the film um, put all the money into it. Amazing person. Um, I don't know if he wants recognition on a on air, so I don't want to. Okay. I won't say his name. Uh, but he. Bill Gates. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> outtake. <laughs> no, no monkey squeak sound. Yeah. Okay. Eat. <laughs> uh, I said shoot. <laughs> yes. All right. Go ahead. Um, but he actually, uh, and this is the story she told me that. He basically said, I don't want you to have to worry about money. I don't want you to do any of this. I want you to be able to just focus on the film. 
and he put everything into it. Wow. So he is her, basically her supporter. He. I am looking forward to probably the most inspirational film I'll see all year. It it is. I mean, in, if you look at some of the reviews that have been done, there's not very many reviews right now because it's only shown one other place. Um, if you look at those reviews, Hollywood Reporter, um, they literally glow about the film. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, saying a lot from an industry mm-hmm. magazine. They don't typically glow about a film. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus all the adver- all the um, free advertisement for the film by virtue of the movie that's going to come out and then people who see the movie being curious as yeah. well to see the documentary that led into it. It's nothing but good for the Yeah. Offering. No, it's it, it, literally this is going to be one of those – I can't think of a better opening night film. I just can't. For a 25th anniversary and for any event. Right. Because it just – Yes, it's the Bay, it's a Bay Area story and it's close to home, but it's the kind of film that even if it wasn't a Bay Area story, that would have been perfect for opening night. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I understand. It's also yeah. it, for those listening. It's also proof um, that you know this is when you talk about building the family and the community. When you say Dana has had many films here, Kirk has had many films here, and I think did did we say on the podcast last week when we talked about. Um, uh, dear Zachary, uh, Kirk has has directed you the, that uh, the 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 best documentary I had ever seen. I did not expect because he was very canny when I met him last year and said, "Oh no, no, no you know it's this," and I was like, "Oh, that does sound you know interesting and sad." Sorry about that, but he kept kind of the spoiler, you know. Out and I was yeah. like, it was very casual. And then when I watched that, and uh, you know, I looked like Demi Lovato uh, when she tweeted that photo. No, I didn't. my mascara was running. But I mean, it's a you know, it's a your, powerful film. You, your mascara wasn't running. Uh, I wasn't wearing mascara at the time. You know, was, uh, oh, you were just at home. You hadn't gone out. Yet. Right, right. You know, so it's only when you go out. That's right. Right now, I'm looking just spanky. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I mean, they're they're local filmmakers. Their local talents that have been nurtured by this film festival. Yeah. And they are some of the best guests we've ever had. They've had some of the best Q&As when they were here with Witch Hunt a few years ago. Um, it had shown, I think, one of the place before, before us, too. and But they didn't have all the people from the film. And uh, they showed up and did the Q&A with Every single person in the film that the movie was about who just got out of prison um, had been released uh, because they found all the charges filed against them were false. And they'd been in prison for like 20 years. Wow. Um, They were falsely accused of molesting their children, basically. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so and that was in uh, Kern County of Uh of all fun places in the world. Oh, sorry. I I hope we don't listen. Have listeners in Kern County. <laughs> we might. We we have a very strong Bakersfield contingency. Uh, all up and down the I five, we're great. You know. Um, but as you said, Kurt's film, Dear Zachary. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, if you if any, if anybody could watch that and have a have dry eyes by the end, there's it's impossible. As long as you honestly, and I'll probably have to arrange it with Vera. I would love a chance to be able to sit down with Kurt this year. Yeah, assuming talk, he's, talk to Vera, but I, yeah. I I know I can get that for you. Great. And can we be Facebook friends? Uh, Kurt and I actually have a lot of connection that we did not. I did not realize we had when I met him, and then uh, so yeah. you know, I, I I think he'd be a fascinating guest. And, he, and he's a great great uh, interview. I mean, yeah. I, I've been on shows with him, and he's great. Oh, he's wonderful. absolutely great. And 
and he i mean he he does everything too he directs writes composes music mm-hmm. i mean it's amazing he edits he produces i mean i don't know where it Good, stops because i, I want to pitch fanboy planet the movie to him <laughs> and uh but let, let, let. i really don't know where it stops with him though I, we're I, gonna I, do cg right we have to. Well, do you have see to. me without mascara? We have to. Uh, <laughs> he, he won't. He won't do it unless you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm in a mocap suit, looking like. Uh, <laughs> but just know that Chris Garcia has wardrobe uh, approval. Oh no, I know. Okay, I'm I'm performing his wedding this weekend. I, I'm scared. Well, that's right. I get I'm to see, I get to see terribly frightened. He hasn't told me what I'm wearing yet. Zardoz. Uh, <laughs> so. Oh no, my son Wait. will be there. Let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's change the subject. Let's touch it because one of the things we'll talk about other other movies as well. We we gushed about the past. We gushed about the things that are going. Uh, the big the big things, but one of the other things is is that you guys uh, that I think. M- has set Cinequest apart, and of course, is we're really the Silicon Valley. We like I have anything to do with it. Uh, this is really the Silicon Valley Film Festival from a time when Silicon Valley really wasn't kind of in the public consciousness. It was starting to break through, and here was Cinequest in the middle, smack dab. So what I mean is it's a very technologically forward-thinking uh, festival, and it has been digital. You know, last, last year, year all the 4K last year we stuff. had that. We had that. Uh, That's right, the 4K, um, which is now the big rage at CES doing the. Oh, now it's 8K. I'm sorry, they're doing 8K yeah, televisions. Say it's, it's, it's higher now. For yeah. <laughs> strangely, not as cheap as 8K, and uh, so uh, dollars. Uh, anyway, uh, but uh, this year you have this Barco, uh, yeah, Barco, Barco, Barco escape. escape. So let's talk about this technological. Uh, Experience. Innovation experience. Yeah. Well, Bar- Barco has created uh, a new theatrical experience, which is a three-screen uh, immersive environment. So, uh, and they're traditionally a projection company. Yeah. And so th- they had to create the projectors that do this um, digital projectors, of course, uh, and create the technology that allows them to do this. But basically, I know people can't see my hands on this podcast, but. You have a screen, but regular, it's very well mimed. People, the, yes, the, the, the screen in front of you, normal theater, but yet there's two screens that come out from the side of it and surround the audience. Not the entire theater, of course. You can't go all the way back because there's seats there, but um, but it does have this immersive feeling. And you know, I, I, I guess um, how do I when you go to Disneyland and you had that uh, the the Circle Theater. It's long gone, Michael. But yes, uh, <laughs> I am an '80s you mean, child. Uh, the California uh, uh, experience. America. No, no, no. It was America, America the Beautiful. Yeah, America the Beautiful. beautiful. Was when you used where, to go where to Disneyland, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters is that now. Is true. Yeah. Used to be a surround, but the real tough question. They took question, out the uh, the phone booths too. Yeah, but because who needs a public <laughs> phone? But I loved those. And then they bought Star Wars. Yes. Um, no, I and you were probably thinking so, soaring over California, right, right, but right, that's right. a different thing. Yeah. But the tough question really is for those old enough to remember and and may the Century Domes rest in peace. What's the difference between the Barco Escape, as they call it, and Cinerama or the Hackworth IMAX? Well, well the, ha- the IMAX yeah. is just yeah. one screen up. No, the Hackworth is a dome over the audience. It's the one. I, at the I tech don't like museum. that one. That's the Tech Museum. I don't like that one. Well, this. Well, first of all, this doesn't require a special theater. Right. Um, all right. One. Good. <laughs> but it also – the um, a lot of the films you – unless it's a specifically an IMAX film, mm-hmm. 
most films are not filmed that way. Um, these, they're going to be creating films that are filmed that way and working with Hollywood studios to create films that way. So one of the presentations we're doing is showing what they did with – they've only done it with one feature film right now, which is The Maze Runner. We're going to be showing that along with the segments and the pieces that they actually produced in that format um, because otherwise it's just all you know of Maze Runner is only one screen in front of you. Uh, we're also actually producing three short films ourselves in this format wow. as well as showing – Several films that are, short films that have already been created. So, one of we I think it's yeah three films we're creating, along with uh, four to five other films that are content that they're providing okay. that show it, including a concert with Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett. Uh, we're showing segments from that, as well as uh, several other pieces. I think one of them is a uh, sports piece, and I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Uh, but it is a sports piece, I believe, uh, that we're showing with that too. And uh, oh, 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 Burning Man, Burning Man. Also, we're oh. showing a Burning Man part of it that they did it filmed in that environment too. So these are segments of longer films. Uh, no, they just, no, those just... those aren't. But the, the Lady Gaga Tony Bennett one is okay. the segments of that concert. Maze Runner, we're showing the entire film, okay. but we're showing those segments as part of the film, and then they're going to discuss it afterwards how they created those segments for the film. Ah. So, you know how 3D has been the new theatrical experience for a while. I've used quotes there because 3D has been around for a lot longer. Right, but it's taken hold this time. It's right. yeah. Chris Garcia has a theory everything has to be like three times before it becomes the norm. There you go. Because you had the 50s and the 80s yeah. and then yeah, it came back again. Uh, and it's, it's you know, revived a lot of the industry um, economically mm-hmm. uh, because of the experience. People go to the theater to go see this stuff in 3D now as opposed to where... I used to be like, eh, okay, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't. Um, but nowadays, I mean, 3D is revived it, and this is the start of trying to create something new, which they're going to obviously. I mean, there's no way they're not going to. They're going to obviously put 3D into this experience as well. So the escape it can include 3D as well. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't. I'm not the one developing this, so I can't like say exactly how they're going to do all this, but. But they are going to be talking about that at the at the festival. Uh, we're showing each each of those uh, programs three times. So that way, people have a chance the first weekend and the second weekend of the festival to see it. So that's uh, March first and then March seventh and eighth. That's interesting because the 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 better three D, like I'm thinking Avatar was one, are the ones where the three D projects back behind the screen, so you're like looking into the fishbowl. And so now, if it's immersive around you, it's it's going to be more like you're in the fishbowl. I wouldn't be surprised they had to create special glasses for this too, because mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably going to come Another around, plane, yeah. you know, come around you. So it'll be interesting how they, how the, the future sees that, but I, this is the first real public view of it. Um, they've done some stuff in other areas, like some of the conferences, but this is the first real public view of this. Okay. So this should be interesting. Yeah. And, uh, I have it open to this that, uh, uh, much of the programming is happening. Uh, the you know, March first is the the Maze Runner. Uh, March seventh and March eighth. Yeah. So uh, if, if I mean the interesting thing is that they chose the Maze Runner. Uh, that it's definitely uh, the, the YA novel thing. It's a way to get a lot of young people into this mm-hmm. new. Well, I sound very old when I say that. We can get the young people into the cinemas to see uh, this this film uh, this film technique. 
Uh, so it would be kind of, kind of interesting because when I say, well, how's it different from Cinerama? Well, one thing is there's no one interested in the Maze Runner who remembers Cinerama. <laughs> there you go. And, 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 <laughs> so, and, woo, it's a whole new thing. And, and honestly, I mean, there's a lot of people our age who don't remember Cinerama either because they never really experienced it. Well, that's true. I mean, I remember it, but I, I know some people who would look at me and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and they're no, no, that's, that's my true. age or older. But definitely teenagers would be interested. I mean, I'm 18. What are you right. talking about? Well, I know. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, so we've got that. The Barco Escape, and that's going to be at Camera 12. Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's the, uh, the the theater we're building out is one of the screens in the, in the Camera 12. And will that installation remain? Are there going to be? I can't say because I'm we're doing it for the festival, so I can't say what's going to happen post-festival. Mm-hmm. Um, I just know what's going to happen during the festival on that aspect of it. But... I'm sure that if the uh, they come to an agreement between the cinemas and Barco, I'm sure that there's something that can be done there because uh, if they're building it and putting all the work into it, I, because uh, for regular screenings, it's just going to be curtained off. You know, those, mm-hmm. side, those side screens are yeah. curtained off. Right. So it's not like... Which I, I, which I kind of think Cinerama, originally Cinerama was as well. You had to... You know, of course, everything I've seen in the Cinerama Dome since has not been a Cinerama film. It's, you know... Yeah. The, the original place still exists, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's not what it was. Yeah, I, I would assume not. <laughs> <laughs> no. What it's they, a multi- do, they even, do they even show there anything there? It's a, uh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy there. Oh, nice. They do. It's In big, Cinerama? <laughs> it, no, it's a big historical uh, yeah. landmark, but uh, they've built a bunch of other theaters off to the side and a strip mall around it. So, you know, it's just uh, okay. another, yeah, it was almost torn down. They went, a historical landmarks day. Most historic. Strip mall and something, and like uh, save the domes, and like San Jose, what they're going to do is build a huge apartment complex around it, so you can't actually see the dome, but it still remains. Uh-huh. Uh, so, oh, is that what they're doing? Okay. That's what they're doing. They're building a, a Santana Row like complex around, and then the dome will not be. Visible We're talking about Century Twenty One. Century Twenty One, yeah, and that was uh, a bitter local politics yes. uh, political commentary. Uh, so, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that this is something for off, off talking off, but I mean, it's like I just. I'm curious about that, but I, we'll talk about that another time. All right. Uh, fair enough. Um, so there, that's, the, that's one of the big technology things. Um, let's talk about some of the smaller films that may, that um, – because I think one of the things I really enjoyed here is is I never have as much – maybe this year I will – as much time to see as many films as I want to at CineQuest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's usually coming at a weird, busy time for me. So I, I see as many as I can off the beaten path and see, seeing a few interesting things. Um, and you discover in, in, interesting movies that are not going to be at the AMC. They're not going to be. They might be VOD, uh, you know, uh, video on demand on your on your uh, Comcast or whatever. Um, but uh, so let's talk about some of these smaller ones. You've got Simon a Simon Pegg film coming. Yeah, kill me, kill me three times. Uh, Simon Pegg's not coming. Okay, I wanted to, you know, just in case I was going. Was that one of those you can't talk about? Is Simon no, no. going to be here? He, he actually he's actually filming during the time. But people will be able to see the film. Well, he's uh, busy writing Star Trek Three. True, but he's yeah. also filming something too, uh, according to the distributor. Okay. Um, or he's on a tour of publicity. I can't remember. They have him doing something. Anyway, but this is a chance for people to see it before it comes out, of course, too. Yeah. Um, because I think it's going to be a couple weeks, two, three weeks before it comes out in the actual theater. So this is a sneak preview. Okay. So it's perfect um, to yeah. see this, and it's a really fun movie. It's a uh, he plays a uh, hitman. Um, where things for his work kind of go awry. 
You know, oddly though, I'm just looking at this little picture of him. It looks a lot like Sean Connery and Zardoz. It's a theme. <laughs> it does. <you> uh, <laughs> the hairstyle, the the Fu Manchu mustache, <laughs> and the gun. We have a theme. Uh, <laughs> only if you want your movie in Cinequest, you have to look like Sean, Sean Connery at some Zardoz. point during his career. There could be worse things to look like. Uh, this, uh, okay, maybe not in Zardoz. But. <laughs> anyway, but, but there's. Worst thing to look like than Sean Connery. That's true. Anyway, so uh, so that's a one. Give me three times. Um, uh, what else can you talk about? Well, actually, uh, just before we started this, um, we were talking about Bad Exorcists. Yes. Which is um, – I love the title. What, I, what I've told people is it's a cross between Animal House and Exorcist. And that's the best way to put it because it's – That film it, is long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> Across between the Exorcist and and um, Animal House, and I think that that's a good way to look at it because it's uh, three college guys who decide they uh, want to fake being exorcists to meet girls. It sounded a little bit like weird science too. Yeah, yeah, they, they want to meet girls, and then of course they get involved, and one of their the girls gets actually possessed. <laughs> that's so a bad have, exorcist, and they have to actually perform an exorcism. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, though. And uh, another one that's uh, playing, uh, seeking the, in the not bad movie, but bad title theme, because it's Bad Exorcist, and this is Bad City. Okay. Um, if anyone's familiar with the uh, 70s uh, exploitation films, the uh, over-the-top uh, violence with terrible dialogue, with you know bad editing, that's what they did, basically did to this. They went and took not took a film that already existed, but took uh, the premise and put it into a modern-day film. Now, would that be considered Grindhouse, then? It is. Uh, uh, it's yeah. billed here as Canuxploitation. Canuxploitation. <laughs> it's Canuxploitation. <laughs> and actually, it, if you look at the last line, it actually says the Grindhouse film you you never knew you wanted, but now you do, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, what does the last line say there? Uh this is a grand house movie we've always wanted, but just didn't know it until now. Yeah, so, that, so it was close. But yeah, but yeah it, it 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 is. It's a grindhouse. It's it's anything you can imagine about those films all put into one movie, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's it, it's a midnight movie. We're showing it for a midnight screening on the fe- Friday, February twenty seventh. And uh, oh, and I just see for uh, for friends of Jason Salazar and the Nate Costa connection, Amanda Crew is in it. Oh, wow. so. Uh, uh, because he made a series of short films called Amanda's Crew, oh, and our okay. podcast uh, announcer Nate Costa was part of the uh, part of the crew nice. uh, in the strangest fan uh, acknowledgement uh, ever. But she's also in Silicon Valley, so uh, yes. the HBO thing. So cool. Always uh, like to notice when it's somebody we and, you and, can... and there will be for both of those films, Bad City and Bad Exorcist. Um, there will be cast and crew. At the screenings for Q&A. Followed by mm-hmm. servings of bad sushi. Okay, so. Ooh, 2 a.m. bad sushi. That's not a good idea. Mm, gas station sushi. <laughs> All right. So, uh, wow. Maybe, maybe just some we not just went, so good poutine. We just uh, went in an area that I don't think I really wanted to go in. No, no. Well, you know, I'm not a sushi fan, so any, but any it is, sushi is bad But it is, it is what happens with us. Um, another film, Clue. C-L-E-W. C-L-E-W. Um, is a, I like it. Is a sci-fi film uh, about a man who orders an artificial intelligence uh, known as a muse. Uh, the stipulation being that once he owns or has her as his companion, uh, he cannot tell her she is a clue, a muse, cannot tell her anything about it or even 
it's a, it's a contractual thing with a corporation that sells it to him. And, um, <clears throat> there are twists that happen, of course, along the way. And, uh, without giving you too much, um, it is going to be one that people, I think by the end have had their minds a little twisted. Okay. Nice. Um, another midnight show. No, no, this is, uh, in the new vision section. And, uh, it is, uh, I don't have a schedule right in front of me for that one. Um, but it is something that um, is showing at the regular times. Okay. Yeah. So I just like to have my mind twisted around midnight. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the best well, time. It's 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 not it did it didn't feel like a midnight film oh, okay. as the others did. Uh, another midnight film were sh- well actually two, showing two of the midnight uh, presentations, which is uh, uh, short fil- short films for the Mindbender series, which I know that you yeah. Derek always uh, say that uh, are having your mind screwed with it mm-hmm. late night. Um, these are films that uh, were chosen by the shorts team. And um, I'll admit, I haven't seen them yet um, that uh, Bill Maxi and Chris Garcia chose mm-hmm. um, to basically uh, it's a program that uh, screws with people's minds. It bends it. Um, but it also uh, goes for different genres, horror, sci-fi straight, not straight drama, but, Right, twisted drama. I'm saying if you don't know what to see, and you're listening to this podcast, and it's like that's going to be one where you're going to have something. It's almost like something for everyone that listens to this podcast. The short films are always great. So yeah, and then the other one we're showing, um, and hopefully this is relatable, um, a horror film called The House on Pine Street, which is which is a um, we're doing the world premiere of that one, and it is a haunted house psychological thriller um, with some major twists. It it focuses around a woman who's pregnant and it kind of delves into the whole mindset of a woman when she's pregnant and uh, Mm -hmm. what she might imagine and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so there's all this that plays into that element of it along with being a ghost story where you have bodies kind of f- being thrown around stuff like that so it's a really I, I really when I was watching it during the process it was actually the visual effects weren't even done yet so I had to email the filmmakers and say when are the effects done because I don't know how far along you are because I saw like they mm-hmm. hadn't taken out certain elements like right. wires and stuff like that and so it was really difficult for me to assess it completely at that time. But I talked to them, and they were doing their visual effects in mid-January. I'm like, okay, good. Mm. <laughs> nah. So it's like you had to make sure those things when you're in the process. Because when you invite something, you're, like, taking a chance right? Um, if it's not completely done. And uh, this one, though, I mean, I, I really was riveted by it. I mean, like, uh, the film that came out, I think, last year, the year before, um, with Lily Taylor, The uh, the Conjuring. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it creeped me out a, a lot like that did. Um, and I know some people, yeah, I, The Conjuring is one of my favorite of the horror films of the last few yeah. years because exactly, it's it doesn't really show that much. It's just the tension built. Yeah. Coincidentally, I saw it at camera 12. And I walked out and it was abandoned uh, late at night. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> wrong experience and then to there have. dolls. So yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> listen to it. Yeah. Um, so, I. It, 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 God. It, it, cre- <laughs> it creeps me out like that. Well, I, actually, uh, old publicist, Kyle. Um, he saw that and it freaked him out completely. So I'd walk up to him behind him in the office and just, he wasn't looking, he couldn't hear me walk up. I'd go <laughs> behind him and it'd just freak him out. He'd get so mad at me. <laughs> he would just get so mad at me when I did that. 
and uh, he probably he probably still would if I did it again. Ah, uh, Kyle. Yeah. We're glad we name checked him in this. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, derma dermaphoria, which is a very very steamy New Orleans uh, film noir. Starring Ron Perlman, Ooh. Uh, Walton Goggins from Justified, and um, Joseph Morgan from Vampire Diaries and uh, the originals. And uh, it's Craig Clevenger did the novel, which is based on. And uh, we're doing the North American premiere of this. And uh, there are guests going to be involved with that, which we are going to find out very soon which ones. Uh, but essentially, um, it it's... it's Without saying too much, it's if you look at um, the uh, Christopher Nolan film uh, Memento. Memento, yeah. Um, it sort of is reflective of that in the sense of like the way it's told and the memory and the loss of memory and everything. And it's really, really interesting how they build this. And uh, I think uh, this one's really going to take people by surprise because you don't know what to expect when you go in and then you get in there and you're like just taken for a ride for the entire time. It's really a lot of fun. Excellent. And we should also focus in the shorts. You have Greg Pack. I know you said you haven't seen uh, the short itself that Chris Garcia has selected. uh, The short from Greg Pack, who is currently writing Batman Superman, uh, wrote probably one of the greatest Hulk stories ever, Planet Hulk. Mm -hmm. So that's the big fanboy planet connection. And not everybody realizes he's been working steadily as a short filmmaker since before he landed it uh, writing for Marvel. And one feature. Robot Stars. Robot was a feature. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he also didn't he also like do the comic adaptation of Battlestar Galactica? He might have had something to I do with it. I think he did that yeah. from the from the from the the, the new series. For the new the, series, right? Yeah. I thought that's what it was, but I, I, I'd have to look back for sure. He's had a pretty eclectic career and done things like uh, he revived Warlock very well. Um, Adam Warlock for Marvel. He kind of made the Phoenix returning almost actually not be irritating. <laughs> Uh, yet again, the last phoenixes time. are supposed to return. I know, I know, but you know, yeah. But um, I, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, now he we we've shown several of his films in the past, like short films and the feature robot stories. And I mean, I'm hoping he can make it out here. He's such a great guest and, and really great conversationalist and uh, does great Q and A's. It's just uh, obviously he's in East Coast now, so it's a little bit a little bit tougher on his schedule when he has steady work as a writer. Right, right, so. which. I mean, we're not paying him, so he gets paid. What? He gets paid to do that work. People just come here because they want to be here. Uh, what, yes, sometimes. No, no. I mean, recall that last year. Actually, that was you know, Neil Gaiman said he wanted you to in, invite his wife out as a guest this year, so that he could just come and hang out. Is yeah, he and, gonna? Is he gonna? And and the and the schedule didn't work out, but it's still in the works for possibly a future one. So excellent. Yay. So no, it's still it's still in the works. It just uh, her schedule didn't work out this year. Okay. Um. But that's not not a problem because he still is very enthusiastic about it. Excellent. Um, you wanted to talk about one meet the Hitlers. Yes. <laughs> Rick loves the title. I, I, I was. Oh, it was Rick the one talking afra- about it. You- I was afraid you were going to mention it. I was just about to bring it up. So yes. Okay. Meet Sounds the like a nice family fem- friendly film. Oh, it is. <laughs> no, it, uh, reviving our old contest. What is wrong with Rick? <laughs> <laughs> no, meet the Hitlers. It's a. Dark- I can do that. Meet the Hitlers. Oh, don't. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah. Like, is, is, that sounds like the Jetsons all the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it did. I, I yeah. cribbed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's a, it's a documentary uh, examining what a name means to a person and finding people around the world whose last name is Hitler and asking them why they either haven't changed it, what do they see, 
what's been the reaction and you find out a lot of first of all a lot of anecdotes about what their experiences have been with people why some people take pride in it still not necessarily because of the Mm -hmm. infamy of the name uh although one person is a neo-nazi in it um so he does take a little bit a little bit pride uh but mostly people just explain their experiences and what people have reacted how people have reacted to it Mm -hmm. um why they haven't changed it why it's big for them to not be uh boxed into right. what this name is. it's 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 an ident- it's an identity film and yeah. it, it it's it, it's very fascinating to listen to some of these people talk because there's some of them you just absolutely are just mesmerized by what they're saying like oh yeah that's actually I mean, that makes a lot of sense and then others you're like oh kind of kind of scares me a little bit <laughs> the neo-nazi guy i'm thinking scares me a little bit and there's a picture of him I, right I, there yeah i was wondering I, and, I, and i think it's good that he scares you all right he does scare me okay yeah. uh, so that's what i would say about that film i mean it's it's again it's an experience film you go in and you listen to it and if i were to like break down the entire film and like what people say in it that would be given away a lot about, sure, about it but sure. but i think it's very much worth seeing and i I kept on coming back to it after I saw it. I think I saw it a month before we made decisions, and I kept on coming back in my memory, in my memory, like over and over again. You know, it helps to be brilliantly directed, which it looks amazing. They had a great cinematographer, great music and sound design. It's like it helps to have a really great production package involved with it too, but at the same time have that title really captures you like, oh, wow, Meet the Hitlers. That says a lot because how many films do you watch in a year? Well, you told me this. You estimated it last year. Yeah, me. this year my list on my spreadsheet uh, got into around six twenty. About six twenty, uh, we had eight hundred feature submissions, um, but obviously I can't watch them all myself. So we have a team that works on that. The shorts team, uh, Chris uh, Garcia and the team, they uh, received around fifteen hundred short submissions. Wow. Chris watched, I think, 900 of them. I think that's what he told me. Yeah. Which just boggles my mind, like, how he does it. And Well, you watch, maybe you watch 600 feature-length films. That's a... But this is my full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not my full-time job. Full-time job is not to watch films, but my full-time job includes, includes that, that for the mm-hmm. for yeah. submission season. He has a full-time job and, and does, he this. does this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, he can do certain things uh, when he's sitting at a desk, but... Um, I sit at a desk too. Wait, what am I saying? I know, really? Like, I mean, sorry, Chris. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I didn't mean that at all, Chris. You sit at a desk watching films as well. as he get, There really is no difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, 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 I just really did bad thing there, didn't I? <laughs> they, they have the same earlobe. Oh, my God. I'm gonna, I've I'm never get, noticed I'm, that I'm, before. I'm, I'm well, right tra- now the headphones are I'm going to try, try to log into my Evite tomorrow for his event, and I'm going to be off the Evite. <laughs> <laughs> I heard what you said. No, he doesn't listen. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> he's listening now. His name, he, his ears perk up when he knows he's being talked about. Uh, and another, another film that I actually thought was of interest, um, a film that we're doing a world premiere of called Seahorse. Okay. And it's not one I mentioned to you before when we talked. And... Um, the reason I thought it might be of interest is because it's this almost almost has a post apocalyptic feel, apocalyptic feeling to it. It's not really a post apocalyptic film, but it's about three women who are making their way through this landscape 
in Alaska and it's barren and nobody around and they're being followed by a entity. Okay. Um, and uh, it's about their struggle and about how they have to relate with each other along the journey. Um, and it really is captivating. It's it's it's, it's a under the radar kind of, kind of movie that, that, mm-hmm. that what you were asking about earlier. It really is going to take people by surprise because it's a very hard film to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is more of a poetic metaphor in a lot of ways, um, but just done so beautifully and shot so beautifully and act the acting's great and they did an amazing job with the sound and music and everything. It's, 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 it's really like, again, it's hard to explain what the film's about because it's, mm-hmm. it's about something, but it's more of that, like I said, a metaphor. And you, when you get into that realm and you try to decipher a plot out of what they're trying to do with it, it doesn't, you can't just like say, Oh, it's about this and you're done. There's more to it. It's like, yeah, they're, they're being followed by an entity that may appeal to people, but then there's so much more to it. Layer upon layer upon mm-hmm. layer. And that's why it's so hard for me to explain the film. Because there's all right. these other, I've seen it and all these other elements that go into it that you just don't expect when you're watching it. And that's, right. it's something I really liked a lot. And it's one that I definitely recommend to people. Um, and then um, I think that's, you know, you know, a, right. a, an overview. I think well, there's, a lot. there's one, one event that you didn't talk about that I really, it's one of my favorite things you do, which is the, the, in the, in the California theater with the Wurlitzer organ. Oh, the silent film. The silent the film. Silent yes. film night. And um it is. It's 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 an ex- an, a magical experience. It, it it really is something that if you've never seen It's like time travel. Yeah. It, it and but it's more than that too because you're being transported back to the Okay, well, first of all, the the film we're showing this year is called The Crowd uh by by King Vidor. Um and uh Dennis James who does the organ is at this point he is the number one player in the world that does this he composes the music he performs it he we we did we did a film uh nosferatu a couple years ago that uh he he did the organ and we had somebody with the lightning wands which is this crazy contraption we have this person on the side with these uh uh glowing rods and this uh kind of like a cylinder in the middle and it's almost sounded like a theremin in a way uh-huh. um, and they're doing the organ plus the, the lightning rods with this watching Nos- Nosferatu and it was just a mind boggling experience to watch this and what, seeing these films in that format this year it's Dennis on the organ again um, and uh, seeing how he taps into first of all the era the time but also into the emotional spectrum is really interesting to watch how he does that with his music because it's stuff that you just don't expect to come out of it. You're like, I'm going to go see a silent film. Uh, uh-uh. it's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a high point. I mean, they, you had, um, uh, modern, not modern times, uh, safety, Lines. Harold Lloyd safety. Lines. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was like a bucket list film for me and yeah. to do it that, that way. Yeah. It's, right. it, 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 it's, they do a spectacular job of that. And we're actually, that's the, my understanding. Don't quote me on this. Well, you're going to quote me because I'm on the podcast, but um, I'm going to go, I'll go ahead and say it. I think it's the only film this year that we're showing on 35 millimeter. Oh. Um, and 
35 millimeter is not seen anymore. Right. You don't get to see it anymore. And I think it's, I know, well, I know it's the only film we're showing 35 millimeter this year because I've been told it's 35 millimeter. I want to ask one last question about programming, uh, which is because last year <clears throat> when we went to the launch party and you kind of took me aside and said, you're going to love, well, it turned out to be Eternity. You were absolutely right. If I, if I ask you this right now, what's the film that you're going to be like, people have to be guided to it, that that's the one that you're like, I, I would watch this over and over? The one film that I would pick that just absolutely took me by surprise during the programming process, I loved, wanted it right away, The Strongest Man. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how relatable it is to the fanboy crowd, but um, it just played and premiered at Sundance. And uh, I think it just really, really does something so different. Not necessarily different with cinema, but different with its storytelling. Um, it's about a, a Cuban man uh, living in Miami who, um, his name is Beef, B-E-E-F. <laughs> he uh, believes himself to be the strongest man in the world. He doesn't really want to do and prove certain things to make him the strongest man, but he wants to tell his grandchildren stories about him being the strongest man, but doesn't really want kids either. So it's all these different things that he eccentric personality. And, uh, he has a friend who basically comes in and helps him find his stolen bike. And that's all I'll say about it. Um, it had, you know, it reminded me in its quirkiness of Napoleon dynamite. Okay, interesting. Um, not the same style, but just in its humor. I understand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's very unique, very fresh. Um, we've had one... F- we premiered the director's last film um, here. And so Kenny Riches, I think, I think he's coming to the festival for this one. I'm not positive on that. But I know that um, he really is going to be trying to get out here for the film and do the Q&As and everything. And that's one of the films that I personally latched on to during the process. Um, And I think that it's a film for me that once you get people sitting there watching it, they'll start laughing. They'll start having lots of fun. And it's not eternity because eternity is its own experience. It is. Yeah. You you can't even put the two together. You can't put the two together. I mean, <laughs> I can't even compare. I can't say. No, I didn't mean to say like you know, show me a movie this like that. I mean, it's just what is the one that has yeah. gotten to your gut? Like this that? is the this is the one that really hit me. Well, I had a, I had a question about one other film that I, I I was hoping you would fall into, which was Slow West. Yeah, which has fan favorite Michael Fassbinder in it. Uh, yes, yes. So and actually, that just it, I just found out that it won the dramatic prize at Sundance. Oh, uh, just just uh, past Sunday. Okay. Um, it's, um, a modern version of a Western. So if you take the Western stories and, you know, you take the vengeance story and put it into a more modern revisioning of it, that's mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. Um, and Fassbender and Cody, the, 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 the young boy that he, they're, they're both great in the film. Uh, and I would definitely say that that's going to be one of the highlights too. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really liked it a lot. I think that, 
it struck me as like this is a spotlight film. You know, it, you know, Fastbender is like it's very hard not to put as a spotlight film. Uh, the distribution company that we work with for it is great. They've been good to us in the past, and they've always wanted to like work with us on stuff. So they're they're helping us out with a lot of things to promote the film and everything. So, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, really, this this, this particular year, it's it, it's hard to like just say, oh, you name a film that would be your top because there's mm-hmm. so many. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a good problem to have. Yeah, I mean, there was last year too, but I mean, that was the one that I knew you in particular. I'm a little bothered that you knew me that well, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen pictures. Oh, uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, well, we thank you for the time you, you, you took with us out of your uh, busy schedule because this, this is a busy time for you, obviously. When, there's no time when you're not, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us this morning. No, thank you. And, I uh, have fun doing this. So. Yeah. So um, <laughs> anyway, that's it. You can find CineQuest is, once again, opening February 24th through March 8th, You can find uh, 2015. Uh, in downtown San Jose, you can find tickets at CineQuest.org. I have to spell it out because I know that Siri or whatever the, the Microsoft one is, they do not know how to spell CineQuest when you dictate it in. So uh, C-I-N-E-Q-U-E-S-T dot org. And uh, tickets and information are available there. And uh, f- you can buy the, the level of ticket to uh, get pictures with Mike Rabel. And watch uh, Fanboy Planet for coverage uh, during uh, the event. That's right. So uh, once again, you can find us on iTunes. You can, uh, If you have any questions, comments, comments, criticism, compliments we love those please write into editor at fanboyplanet.com you can also find us at the stitcher app and find us at www.fanboyplanet.com i'm derek mccaw i'm mike raybell and i'm rick brett snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy. Yes. That is supposed to be Icarus or Daedalus, right? On the cover? No, I don't know. No? I'm going to say yes. One, it would be Icarus. Icarus is the one who caught on fire. Who caught on fire. Daedalus didn't write. Daedalus was his father. Right. Well, See, I knew Icarus, I didn't know the Daedalus. Daedalus is the one who made the wings. Yeah. Ah, okay. And, so the, I knew and the maze. The maze? Yes. There's a maze? Uh, later for the Minotaur. Oh, okay. Theseus was the king who put his bastard half bull, half... I still don't understand that part of the myth. Why he effed a cow. Uh, Whoa, hey. It was, hey, it was all the rage. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, family show. I, I spell it out. <laughs> um, what we were doing there was, <laughs> this goes outtakes. Uh, <laughs> or not at all. Um, so I know you don't know what you're going to ask me, but do you want me to start with anything? Or do you, you'll, you'll start it. We'll Never mind. S- we'll start. We'll just, you know, let, let's, let, let's let you run it. 
I just brought notes in case I needed Thank them. Thank you. I'm looking at the soirees. Oh, I love soirees. <clears> oh, you love parties. I do. You love parties. I should get a program guide because I don't even know what the soirees are. <laughs> right oh, now. we don't want to let people know. Well, I didn't know where they are because I haven't actually worked on that part of it. Well, there's some high points to hit, of course. There's back in Beans. John Borman. I think it's, it's and, a, uh, yeah, and Rosario and Dawson. Rosario Dawson and I'm going to say Icarus. Okay. Um, and then uh, it, it's kind of a weird message, though, for, uh, you know, be creative. Look what can happen to you. You can fall. <laughs> you can fall from <laughs> the, from the, from the <laughs> Oh, it depends on the way you look at it, actually. Yes, it does. If this is someone's film, then that's splendid. If this is someone <clears throat> making a film, And yeah, and Barco, that's the one I wanted to talk about that. So Oh yeah, that's okay. that one definitely. And then the Simon Pegg film one. Yes. Meet the Hitlers. Oh, oh is that that's, uh, a fun, that's a fun one. I, I feel like um You don't want to <laughs> No 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 my my I let me finish the thought. My uh my overall this year is it's it's not as easily I'm used to it. Except for Bat Kid Begins, it, it's not as easily it's not as easy to find the nerd stuff this year well unless you talk about it right and that's it but that's going to be my, my take yeah. it's like you really have to highlight that stuff because you can talk about sim city with rosario yeah that's true and uh what was the o- ocp she's also in daredevil in the upcoming she daredevil. is in which we just ran the trailer for this morning i know how to do this better than you do let me let me just take this over. i forgot that she was like <laughs> you guys switch places i just, that's fine look i think there should be like a 10 minute podcast with mike rabel every week uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I gave this in, uh, this uh, request to Rick last uh, last year, which was fireside chats with Mike. Fireside chats. No, I'm there. It's, I've been thinking about we, that. Yeah, I think we were fireside when you made that recommendation. <laughs> we were, we were, we were at the uh, the, uh, um, the St. Clair. Were we actually fireside, or was Mike just lit? No, no. The, the, <laughs> pic, the picture I posted on oh, his me in the big chair. In the big oh, chair. Okay, that was actually when I said that. Okay, oh. I think then fireside chats with Mike is going to be we because we have talked about having a fanboy planet the podcast. By the we, way, we've had a fanboy planet. We wanted a fanboy planet family. Of podcasts like the Nerdist does, like a whole, like a whole network. Well, it'll be the fanboy planet. I'm already, I'm actually, I'm working well, you on already, that idea. Uh, um, but the <coughs> fanboy planet channel, the fanboy planet channel. Here he is. That's not on the outtakes. We repeat, uh, not, not on, on the, the outtakes. outtakes. No, but all that stuff about it not being on the outtakes <coughs> is on definitely the, on, on the outtakes. The, no. Which Somehow was, it was okay to talk about Catholic schoolgirls. But not for the outtakes. Not for the outtakes. We never really talked that much about Catholic school. They occasionally, no. occasionally were mentioned. No, it's a good, yes. but, it, but less, it's a good conversation piece because speaking of Simon Pegg, that's how I got my photo with him. I said, I represent oh, a group nice. of Catholic schoolgirls. And he said, what? You've got them in a box. It's just that they'll come right out yeah. now. Yeah, I can't. Exorcists. Funny. Okay. Uh, meet the Hitlers. Um, the Simon Pegg one, Kill Me Three Times. Bat Kid, yeah, of yeah. course. Bat. I'm trying to find the ones that are. I mean, I, I would love to talk about closing night because Anton Yelchin is going to be here. No, I, I'd right. like to talk and about Chekhov. I mean, right, right, right. Now he is, and he's. I mean, and he's obvious. Kyle Reese. True, the, I didn't think in about the that. Worst Terminator, <clears throat> but that wasn't his fault. I never blame an actor for being in the worst of anything. Yeah, I. You don't want to talk about. I it. saw it once, but I really don't remember it. That's all you needed to see. Yeah, because it made no damn sense. So what we I didn't like the third one either, though. So. 
We well, should probably lead with a, a bit of an explanation about the about the festival. Well, I should, and that is twenty fifth twenty fifth anniversary. And then the awards, so you can talk about Borman and uh, Von Busack and Rosario, um, yeah. yeah, and Rosario and, and Thompson. And then uh, the and then start with start with the films like Bat Kids Begins. Yeah, yeah. And then we can move into the smaller films. You don't know anything about the shorts at all. I've because the Mindbender. I've only seen a few of them, the ones that appear before features, because they were asking me to try to place it. Okay, I haven't seen the ones in the series yet. All right, we can talk. We can can talk about the about the placement of them, so that we can say like Mindbenders is is an obvious look. You're not going to be unhappy. Yeah, right. Animation. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people who probably listen are into animation. Wow. There's this huge building next door, which can become the home of the Fanboy Planet channel. Uh, <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about this on the air, though. No, no, no. I'm saying this, on, is, is this I, When you say on the air, I mean. We, so, we do because we it's do. old. You know. It's easier to discuss it that way. Okay, because, I mean, I know that's what I say because I'm used to right. that, that terminology, but. We don't have a five-second delay button, though. So Over the Bluetooth? Um, what do you want to oh, say? Oh, I, I have kids, so I, I know what a five-second delay and delay on any kind of swear. Yeah. What, what about traces of sandalwood? Is that, um, I mean, or is that just going to appeal to your crowd? Okay. Is that the official cologne but, of Cinequest? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it really does sound like that, doesn't it? Yeah. But I really do think the film is great. It's just I don't know if it's going to appeal. Yeah, I don't know. Bollywood is kind of kind of. Um, it's not a Bollywood film, though. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's not. there's no music in it. Well, there is one scene of music, but it's 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 she's acting in a film because she's an actress in the movie. So it's like it's not really. Well, Bollywood's spread out to be more than just musicals now. I yeah. Mean, but it's not a. It's not what you think Bollywood. Right, right, right. Because it's actually a Spanish production. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, with a mostly Spanish. I mean, Nandita Das, the actress from India, is actually her part of it. Um, she was hired from a Spanish company. Interesting. Yeah. So it's in Catalan and English. So it's subtitled for... It's, no, it's, in, yeah, subtitled in English with Catalan language, but with the Indian language, well, there's no Hindi in it at all. Okay. It's, uh, it's really English and Catalan. It's crazy. The modern modern Bollywood films are so sprinkled with English. Yeah, and then they jump in. They do bits of yeah. words. Is in. it Catalan or Catalan? Catalan. It's settlers of, of Catalan. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's how he knows it. It's, it's associated with a game. Do you know that? <laughs> no, there's, he know. I've there's a Star it. Wars settlers of Catan coming out, but yeah. only in Europe. Europe has all these Star Wars. Um, Licenses, licenses, because they're cheaper in Europe. So that's there's actually a, a a Star Wars Quirkle that's coming in and coming out. My friend Susan is so excited. Huh. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Good I, for uh, her. I was listening to Empire Strikes Back yesterday just to prepare for this. Uh, I heard that. Yeah. Which which and which track was that? I was listening to the whole the whole the whole thing the whole thing. I have the uh, the box. Not set. just Leia's theme over and over and over. Oh again. God, no! Actually, I skipped that one a few times. <laughs> um, uh, if you have a keyboard, I can just play <clears throat> that live. Can you? Yeah. I'll, I'll wow. say I'll say this. Actually, my favorite. My favorite track on that is actually the Asteroid Field one. Yeah? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Just there's something to that one. Yeah. And I, I can Poppy. Look, it's kind of... Poppy, but at the same time, I, I like certain segments of it. And, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about the stuff we're talking about, but, um, but I would think that anybody who listens to that and compares it to all the other Star Wars movie music, it's like it's night and day to me. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is my favorite film, is the best one, I think. And the soundtrack is even the best one of all of them, I think. Yeah, it's where all the plots <clears throat> plots evolve. I, well, I, he, I feel the same way about Superman 2. I mean, <laughs> not 4, Quest for Peace. Don't. <laughs> too late. <laughs> Brought it up. I paid money to see that. I think I did, too. Yeah. 
I think we all did. <laughs> I know. That's what hurts. That's what really hurts. Oh, uh, Queen and Country. Yes. We'll get that into Borman. Yeah, we'll just talk about that. Yeah, no, it will. will. How long long do we have? As long as you want to give us. Ooh, podcast. Um, Do you know maybe five minutes? Uh, Oh. (laughs) Do you know any place you can see Hope and Glory? Because I've been looking all over for that. Nobody, uh, you can't get the disc on. I guess I could get the disc off Netflix, but I'm looking for some place I could. Stream it. Stream Um, it. I don't know. I haven't actually looked. Yeah. Um, You've seen it before, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, you yeah, have to. I want to see it. Yeah. You it's have a to. delightful film. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, it's, of all of his films, my favorite. Okay. Um, And not for any other reason except for just I saw it at the right time of my life. Just thought the acting and writing and everything were brilliant. Uh, but then I like, I mean, I love Excalibur. I love the, yeah, I sure. actually have never seen Zardoz. No? I've never seen it. Oh, man. Dude. I think we need to have a party. I don't, as long as we don't have to wear the outfit. No, oh, God, no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm not I, in shape yet. I went the same place. <laughs> I thought it's sort of like <laughs> yes. well, That's what I always say. It's sort of like, you know, Rosario Dawson's coming. Luckily, I've already met her in a schlubby phase. Otherwise, my whole thing would be like, I can't meet Rosario Dawson looking like this. <laughs> wow. I, I turned down a whole new outfit. I turned no. I turned down an interview with Mandy Moore because, like, I was never going to. I did, did not want to meet Mandy Moore looking fat. <laughs> And it's me, not Mandy Moore. Yeah. She looks wow. Great. Yeah. I don't turn down anything. Just whatever. <laughs> That's going in the outtake. <laughs> Hi, Mike from Cinequest. I don't turn down anything. That's <laughs> right. So, Wild Tales looks like it's an anthology in a film kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 um what Wild Tales. What we're, are we doing this now? Or are we doing no, it? no. This, okay. this is Brett. Let, let, let's uh, yeah. It's 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 an anthology. There is a main story that takes a little bit more of the film, which is the wedding. Yeah. Um, but there are several different pieces in it that fit, and it's just really. I don't want to say too much about it, but essentially, it's uh, um, it's wild. Okay. I mean, it's the let's, best way to it's called wild for a really really good um, reason. Let's let some spontaneity <clears throat> remain to okay. it. You know, throw, I mean, absolutely throw things out like that, the question, you know, and uh, but to get that kind of answer. Yeah. You know. yeah. All right. I'm not going to give that answer we, next time. I know you're not. That's exactly my it. point. Yeah. You know. You've ruined it. <laughs> no. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'll introduce special Cinequest edition. Pass to you. All right. In three. <laughs> Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast Special Cinequest Edition. Can we pause so right there? Can we put you on this now? Can we pause right there? I just realized I need to book some money. Oh, in there. Oh, okay, I got to okay. check that too. Okay. Should I just talk to people while you're gone? Hey. Yeah, talk about yourself. Hey, everybody. Um, hey, well, Chris just sits at his desk and watches movies all day. While they're out there possibly getting tickets, I'm going to sit here and, and uh, look at uh, this uh, page. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to talk to you guys. I don't even know if I'm recording right now. Am I recording? Hello. Oh, outtakes. All right. You said horrible things about Chris Garcia. <laughs> I, I did this, us. too. I did this, too. Oh, that's great radio. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's fascinating, I'm telling you. That's our podcast. That's uh, Fireside Chats with Mike Rabel is just uh, an hour of him going. Well, we, we've actually uh, talked in the office. Uh, our tech person and I have said that during the festival, we, uh, one of these days, we just want to do like a, a midnight series every night of the festival at midnight. Uh, for for thirty minutes, whoever knows about it just shows up and watches us do something for no matter. We don't know what we're going to do. We just show up and just mm-hmm. do something for half an hour on stage, and then we leave, and that's it. Performance art, fantastic. But uh, we still haven't uh, got the energy to do it because <laughs> we have a few other things doing going during the festival. That's, that's true. All right, so let's uh, come yeah, back. We just clean. we just uh, finished we were talking silent, silent cinema, film, cinema, yeah. cinema and okay. Com. I'm Derek McCaw. I'm Mike Raybell. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. good. Oh, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to prime you for That's that. That's all right. I think it's funnier to have that. Oh, I didn't do it. Because <laughs> you're evil. Damn. Great. Oh, my God.